Awesome. Who enjoyed watching that clip? If you feel a little seasick, it's because I took the video. I'm sorry, it's a little amateur on my phone. We didn't really have a video team there. But as Johanna said, honestly, I felt we started speaking about this already in December, was it? Somewhere. When I had some fresh air at the beach, the Lord spoke to my heart about hospitals. And, you know, we've always been a church, even at Living Word in Cape Town. We had a hospital ministry there, and we would go every Saturday morning consistently. They actually gave us access into a lot of the wards, and they saw incredible healings, incredible miracles week after week after week. And I think around December, when a lot of these corona statistics, um, you know, seem to have gone higher and higher and higher, we actually felt in our hearts, okay. What is the church going to do about it? If the church is going to be limited in gathering, but we have the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, are we just going to sit and watch this take over our nation? Or are we going to take authority in the spirit over this? And so we felt, I said, Johannes, we need to go and pray. We need to go back to the Vintuk Central Hospital because we did an outreach there last year where they actually gave us access to the cancer ward, the spinal injury ward. Uh, where else did we go? I think kids, I can't remember, but we went to three different wards. And so we really want to look to build a relationship with them. Um, and we want to go and pray at every hospital if we can. So we are going to rally you every week until you join us, until you hear God's voice for yourself. I'm just teasing. But it's really, it's really an incredible opportunity for us as the church to actually show people, hey, we believe in a God that heals. We believe God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And even as we stood, you can ask my mom, as we stood in front of the hospital, we saw the patients gather in front of the windows. And they were looking at us. And my mom made a poster that said, Psalm 91, we are praying for you. And so people driving past, even the ambulances were waving at us, were cheering us on. Some of the security guards came to ask for prayer. And, you know, so God's spirit is ready to move, but he needs us. Amen. And so we want to invite you this week. Johannes and I are going to be in the Caprivi to prepare for our outreach. So we'll see. Maybe we'll have some of our team um, to just lead the prayer this weekend. But let us know. We want to encourage you. We keep on our masks. We are trusting that the hospital will at some point give us an opportunity to maybe tell the people that, hey, we're going to come. A church is going to come and pray for you. And they can come to the windows. And what would be really awesome is if we could have like a mic and a generator and we can, you know, bless them with some worship. Because there's a beautiful open field, grass field across the road, literally where the emergency entrance is. So there's a lot of space. You know, we can maintain lots of social distancing, but still release the word of the Lord over those people. Until we see this thing turn in our city and in our nation. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not going into 2021 defeated. Amen. And so we saw even in South Africa, um, our church there is involved in the Paul Hospital, the Mediclinic Durbanville, Mediclinic Cape Guide, Mediclinic in Wooster. I think one of the hospitals gave statistics to the team. They've been praying there for three weeks and they released statistics saying that the corona cases in their ICU went down by 30% in those two weeks that they were praying. And two or three other statistics. So you know what, guys? Prayer works. Okay? So anyway, that's our heart. I haven't even started my word. So you are invited. Amen. Church, today I want to talk about a very important subject. And for some, this might feel like foundation. 
But, you know, we really felt from the Lord, even in this year, that we are going to continue in foundations. Because when our foundations are strong, when our foundations are built solidly on the Word of God, any storm can come and it will not destroy us. Amen. And so this morning, I'm really going to trust the Lord to speak something unique to all of us. Because if we don't receive revelation and if we don't step into this concept, this idea, then I don't believe we're going to make it. Okay, and so I want to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. Last week, Johanna shared what he believes that the Lord put on our hearts for the year, for 2021, as we go into this year. And he spoke about four things. Who can remember? Who took notes? Woo! Okay, I'm going to my suit on track. So last week, I did include it in the version notes. So if you want to go on version, the notes are on there for those who, who would love to refer back to that. But in essence, Johannes spoke about that 2021, the Lord spoke to us and said that this is a year where I need you to go deeper. I need you to go deeper into the things of God, deeper into my intimacy and my relationship with Him. Okay, so that's number one. And that's going to look like things like prayer, things like studying the Word, you know, being among the, the community of believers. Number two, it's going to be a year where we are going to be anchored in Jesus. Hebrews 10 speaks about an anchor for our faith. So we want to go deeper in the Word this year. We want to build our lives on God's promises, not on what the media tells us. Number three, it's going to be a year where we're going to trust the Lord for greater discernment. The church of Jesus Christ needs utmost discernment if we are going to survive in this world. Amen. We need to know, as the Bible says, how to discern the signs and the times around us. And number four, we are going to trust the Lord to teach us how to live set-apart lives so that we don't look like the world, but that we are actually the light in the darkness. When we were praying, Raymond was also there yesterday, and, and when we were praying afterwards, he also said when we started praying, he felt an extreme darkness as we were praying into that hospital. And we were also, I was standing on the other side, and, and literally we started praying for light to fill, and some of the rooms, like physically the lights went on. I thought, okay, yes, that's prophetic. We need to bring the light into a very dark world. But church, the question is, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do this? Because this will require supernatural help. Nothing that you and I can do in our own strength, in our own effort, in our own ability will enable us to survive and to actually fulfill the mission that Jesus has for us. Unless we receive holy help from heaven. Who wants some holy help from heaven? Okay, if you don't, you are going to want to after this word. And so today I want to talk about our precious Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I believe we don't actually talk about Holy Spirit enough. The Holy Spirit is our holy helper. The Holy Spirit is precious and is here to help us on earth fulfill the mission that God has given us. The Holy Spirit was literally sent to be Jesus on earth for us. 
Amen. And so I believe sometimes in our striving to be disciples and in our striving to, to live out what we believe God has called us, we often forget that we have supernatural help. Jesus did not leave us as orphans, he said in John 14. He did not leave us here to try and figure it out by ourselves. And, ach, shame, starte jylle, sien jylle een dag met my wederkoms. No. He said, I'm going to pray to the Father and ask him to send you a helper. And we're going to go through that scripture. But this morning, I'm going to touch on some doctrine. I mean, because doctrine is good. We need to make sure we are living word that I'm actually teaching you from scripture. So you need to also bring your Bible and make sure that we are teaching you from Scripture, okay? But my whole aim and my whole heart, what I feel like the Lord wants to do this morning is He wants to make us hungry again for His Spirit. He wants to take us back to a place where we realize we are desperate for Him. We cannot do this without Him. Ons is niks sonder die Heilige Geest hier. Nothing. Nothing. Excuse my Afrikaans when I get passionate. I just mix it. Okay. Our Holy Spirit is our unseen helper in this earth. He is unseen, but he is very, very real. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And I want to I get you hungry for his ministry in your life this morning. I want to get you filled afresh. I pray that the Lord would actually refill us. You know, when your car runs out of oil, it's a problem. Don't ask me why. I, I just know Johannes is always like, Now, it's the same for us, okay? I don't know the mechanics. I just know it needs oil. Now, we are the very same. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit. We need the supernatural anointing of God to do what he has called us to do. Ladies, we need supernatural help to be a good wife. <laughs> Amen. Dads, men, you need supernatural help from the Holy Spirit to be the best dad, the best husband, and the best leader that you can be for your home. God doesn't expect you to do it alone. We need supernatural help to be parents. Who here is homeschooling at the moment? Niemand nie. Hallelujah. Okay. You are going to need supernatural help in Jesus' name. Nee? So... Okay, so we are going to look at the Holy Spirit this morning. Now, first of all, I'm going to ask, who is the Holy Spirit? Like I said, this feels like foundation, but maybe you learned something new this morning. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity of God. Now, the word Trinity does not appear in the Bible, but there are many, many scriptures. Sometimes scholars differ on this, but there are many, many scriptures that explain God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a force or just a wind or a mystical presence. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God himself. He is the third part, the third person of the Godhead. And the Father and the Son and the Spirit always work together. They, are, they have this perfect unity. They are three distinct, distinct and divine persons, okay? That's very, very important when we think about doctrine of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. Why do I say that? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 says that he knows the thoughts of God. 
He searches the depths of God himself. In other words, the Holy Spirit has a mind. Would you agree? Holy Spirit has a mind. He's the only one that knows the thoughts of God. And that same Holy Spirit lives inside you and me. Just let that sink in for a moment. Holy Spirit is a person because he also has feelings. He has emotions. The Bible says that through our actions and through sin, we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. We can actually hurt his feelings. He's very sensitive and he's very gentle. The Holy Spirit also can speak. He can act. He can move. He can lead. He can direct. He can anoint. He has his own will. And we are going to look at some examples of that. He can teach. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will teach us everything that he said and that he taught us. And this is something that I really want to encourage us as well. Remember that the Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. So whenever you hear teachings of the Holy Spirit, remember, if it's not glorifying Jesus, it's probably a little bit off. Holy Spirit's role is to glorify Jesus here on earth. And Jesus sent him to be our helper. So we're going to talk about that. But first, I want to go back to the Old Testament. Who believes that the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament? Who's not sure if he was in the Old Testament? I'm going to show you. He was involved from the very, very, very beginning. Can we have a look at Genesis 1 verse 2? Genesis 1 verse 2 says the following. Did I give you that? Okay. If you have a Bible... Genesis 1 verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Hovering means moving. So the Holy Spirit was actually involved in creation. He was there from the very beginning. Because remember, He is the power and the breath of God. So he was involved from the very, very beginning. He was involved in the creation of you and me. God also said in Genesis that let us create man in our image. Who is us? It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are three, but they are one. In the Old Testament, we also see the work of the Holy Spirit in the people that God chose. Where door is it? In the people that God chose to fulfill certain and specific functions. I mean, if you remember, if you think back, Joshua, near, Joseph, Joseph. Remember, he was in Pharaoh's palace. And he was laying out the dreams of Pharaoh. And he spoke with an incredible supernatural wisdom. And it actually says there in Genesis 41 verse 38, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Also, when you read in Exodus, these scriptures are all in the U-Vision notes. In Exodus 31 to 35, there were artisans, you know, people that can craft, do things with their hands, wood and timber and, you know, build different things. They were tasked to build the temple. And the Bible actually says that the Lord anointed them with the Holy Spirit to give them a supernatural ability 
to do the craftsmanship of building of the temple. He even anointed the ones that were just building with wood, that were doing different things. That needs an anointing. So God anointed them. Numbers 11 is another example. I'm just going to touch on some brief ones because I've got lots to say. If we want to talk about the Holy Spirit, we actually, you know, if we want to talk about it properly, we will have to talk about him for a year. But in Numbers 11, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said to Moses, I'm going to take the same spirit that's on you and release it on the 70 elders so they can help you fulfill the task of leadership that is on your life. So the Lord came and he anointed the 70 elders that were chosen as helpers and people that served alongside Moses. He came and he specifically anointed them for that task and that purpose. And it continues. King David said, Lord, do not let your spirit depart from me. David was anointed as a king. He was anointed by Elijah the prophet. Was it Elijah? Samuel. Just testing. He was anointed with the spirit of God to fulfill the function that God had for him. Okay, so that's the Old Testament. There's many more examples. You can do, you can do some homework with your kids. Ask them to go through the Old Testament and find out everywhere that the Lord uses the word anointing. That's a fun little exercise. Okay, what I want to focus on this morning is Holy Spirit in the New Testament because this is where you and I come in. But it's important to understand the background that He has always been part of God's work on the earth. He's always been there. And if we look at the ministry of Jesus Christ from His birth through to empowerment and the testing before He got launched into His ministry and then His whole ministry, His three years of ministry on earth, Jesus could not have done any of those things without Holy Spirit. Just think about that for a moment. If Jesus needed Holy Spirit, Jesus, how much more do you and I need Him? Hello? How much more do we need Him? So I want to start in the four Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament. And I want to take you just very briefly How did Holy Spirit work in the life of Jesus, in the life of our King, who's our example? Have a look at this, Matthew 3, 16. Sorry, Matthew 1, 18. I'm going to test whether they're awake. Is it not there? I can't remember what I gave them or not. Matthew 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the earthly form. Okay. So Holy Spirit was involved in Jesus' birth. Then Matthew 3, 16. Now Holy Spirit is preparing Jesus. He's prepared him his whole life. The only thing we know about Jesus' childhood is that the Bible says that he grew up in wisdom and in stature and in favor with the people. So Holy Spirit was involved in all of that. And then it says the following. Then Jesus came to the place where he was to be baptized. Okay, this is now before he went into his public ministry. So all this time has been preparation of his life. And now it says, Matthew 3, 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. That means 
the Holy Spirit came like a dove and came upon him. Holy Spirit came upon him. And the Holy Spirit, what happened there is that the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus for the ministry, the public ministry that he was to go out and do to fulfill the will of God in his life. He was anointed for ministry. And I love that the Bible compares the Holy Spirit to a dove. Why do you think the Holy Spirit is compared to a dove? What are some of the characteristics of a dove? Gentle. He's gentle. He's innocent. Meekness. I love the word meekness. Because meekness means strength under control. Strength under control. And so the Holy Spirit came upon him. And we're going to talk... We're going to talk this morning about the difference, Holy Spirit in me and Holy Spirit upon me. Holy Spirit in me is my personal relationship with Him, with Jesus. So I can have access to the Father. I can have an intimate relationship. I can hear the Lord's voice in my life. Holy Spirit upon me is the anointing and the empowerment for service so that I can serve others. So that I can move in the supernatural power of God. So I can move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? In me, for me. Upon me, for others. So the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, upon him for service. Upon him for the ministry that God has called him into. And so that was a beautiful moment. And then Matthew 4 verse 1, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness for a period of testing. And I want to encourage you this morning. Sometimes we find ourselves in a period of testing. But it feels like our life is literally falling apart. But it could be Holy Spirit led you there to test you and prepare you for what he has called you to do. And even in the tasting, he's faithful and he's with you. Amen. And so after Jesus had passed all the tests, he was ready for his ministry. And the Bible says that in Matthew, that the Holy Spirit led him into Galilee. And you know, when Jesus, the custom of the day for a a Jewish rabbi would be to go into the synagogues. That's where, you know, the kind of temples where they would do the public teaching. And so the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the synagogue. And I want to read to you this scripture, Luke 4, verse 18. Jesus opens up the scroll of Isaiah 61, and he reads to them. This is the start of his public ministry, and he reads to them the following. Luke 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so right after that, Jesus opens up the scroll of Isaiah. Because remember, the people of that day were waiting. The Jews were waiting for the promised Messiah. They had that prophecy of Isaiah 61. And Jesus comes after Holy Spirit anoints him. He reads that scripture and he says to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And he announces his public ministry full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he starts doing signs, wonders, and miracles. 
It's so beautiful. If you, if you look through the Bible to understand how the Holy Spirit even prepared Jesus. And now Jesus has given us that same ministry. He's given us that same mandate. We are to follow in his footsteps. When you finish reading the four books of the Gospels, you get into the book of Acts. Now the book of Acts, scholars also call that the book of the Holy Spirit. The works of the Holy Spirit. If you want to do a great study on the Holy Spirit, the book of Acts is probably the place where most people will send you. Because in the book of Acts, it tells the story of how the Holy Spirit birthed the early church after Jesus finished his public ministry, went to heaven, and then established the church so we can continue his work on earth. Amen? Are you following? Okay, I can't believe there is a Bible story here from hoek tot kant. Okay. And so it starts off with Jesus telling the disciples, this is your mandate, this is your ministry, but wait until the power from on high. He tells the disciples, do not think you can go ahead and do this without the Holy Spirit, without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 1.8, he says to them, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so they go out, they wait, they go into the upper room, and they pray. And then in Acts 2, it tells the story of Pentecost. Pentecost was a festival where people from all the different regions came together. And God sovereignly decided, now that I have them all together, now I'm going to pour out my spirit. And I'm going to birth the church of Jesus Christ, who are going to fulfill the mission and the mandate that I've given them. But he had to first pour out his spirit. Otherwise, the church would not have expanded. Well, it wouldn't have been birthed. It wouldn't have had expanded. And the apostles then had the job to go and preach the gospel to all the Gentiles and to the Jews. And it says in Acts 2, I'm just going to read this to you, but it's in your notes. Acts 2 verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had finally come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that was the birth of the early church. And so the Holy Spirit filled, and from there they went back to their different regions, and the church was able to expand. The church was able to grow. People were being filled left, right, and center. They were, evangelism was going crazy, okay? And so then the story, I think it's around Acts 12, 13, we get to the character of Paul. Paul was also filled by the Holy Spirit. Paul then wrote 13 books of the New Testament, and in all of Paul's letters, he talks about the Holy Spirit. And he gives us the church of today, because remember, that work never stopped from Acts. Ne? We are still there. We are still part of that story. And so Paul wrote and he said, be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, he says, but be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember in Acts, the people thought that Peter and, and all the people that were filled, the believers that were filled, they thought they were drunk. 
Because they were such a manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit when he was poured out. And I believe that they were such a manifestation because the people were at such a place of hunger and desperation. They were hungry for him. They realized they needed him more than they needed a breath of air. That's how much we need Holy Spirit. That's how desperate we ought to be for him in our hearts. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Okay. And so we see Paul talks about, he writes about Holy Spirit. He writes about the gifts of the Spirit. He writes about the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to look at that. But I want to read you this scripture that describes a little bit more of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. John 14, and it's in the Amplified. It says the following. Jesus is talking to his disciples again, and he tells them, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, but listen to how the word describes the roles of the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. Who feels some days you just need some divine counseling? Thank you, Counselor, he's the helper. When we don't know what to do, he does. But so often we forget about him and we don't even go to him. He's the intercessor. The Bible says when we do not know how to pray, he intercedes for us by giving us words or by utterances to the Father in the Spirit. He's our advocate. He's our strengthener. He's our standby that he may remain with you forever. And the spirit of truth, remember, he's always going to lead us into truth. He's always going to lead us into what Jesus has taught us. But the world cannot receive, welcome, or take him to heart because it doesn't see him or know or recognize him. But you, that's you and I, children of God, know and recognize him. For he lives with us constantly and he will be in you. And verse 26, but the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus speaking, in my place to represent who? Me, Jesus, and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, remind you of, or bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. Just think about this for a moment. If Jesus was standing right next to you or sitting in the seat next to you, you would certainly ask him questions, right? I, would, I, have, a lot, I have lots of questions for Jesus. You know, or you need some help. You'll be very quick to talk to him and engage with him because he's Jesus. But now Jesus says, actually, I need to go and prepare a place for you. So I'm going to send you your helper that is actually going to be like me, but with you. I'm going to send him on my behalf. He's going to act on my behalf. And he's going to represent me in your life in your heart, right next to you, when you wake up, when you make breakfast, when you drive the kids to school, when you are in that board meeting, when you're trying to write new business, 
when you are looking for creative ideas for your business, when you are teaching children, when you are cleaning, when you are cooking, when you are doing your washing, whatever you are doing, and when you go to bed, he is still there with you. Like Jesus, he's personal representative in our lives. We sometimes forget about him, don't we? And I just think that is so powerful that Jesus said that he will actually be me on earth with you. Because Jesus had to go and prepare a place for us. And I want to read you two more things that the Holy Spirit does in our life. Number one, he produces fruit. This is very important. And what I want to encourage you at some point, we will probably do a lot more teaching on this. As well as with the gifts, but... The fruit of the Spirit is not something that we can manufacture by ourselves. Often Johannes and I are here, or you've heard many sermons that encourage you to be, you know, a better Christian, you know, love people more, love your neighbor, bless your enemy. But how are you going to do that if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit that is only being produced by the Holy Spirit in and through you? There's nothing we can do in our own strength to do that. And so I want to encourage you this morning with Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. So if you are needing joy in your life, ask Holy Spirit to fill you with His joy. Ask the Holy Spirit to produce the love inside of you to love that noisy neighbor <laughs> or your spouse <laughs> or your children, whoever, okay? He is there to help. He is there to produce, but we need to allow him to produce that in us. I love how Joyce Meyer always teaches how the Lord <laughs> trains her in developing patience, be very careful what we pray. If we pray, Lord, please fill me with your patience. He's going to put you in situations where patience is going to have to be developed. Traffic, annoying circumstances, frustrating circumstances, because now he's going to start to do the work to build the character inside of us so that when we do all these beautiful supernatural things for the Lord, we actually have beautiful character to go with it. There is nothing, I believe, there is nothing as destructive as supernatural spiritual ministry without the fruit of the Spirit. That is actually not God's heart at all. And so that's why I actually talk about the fruit before I talk about the gifts. Because I believe that should be a more important pursuit of our hearts. Yes, we are all trusting the Lord to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. But if I don't have love... What kind of a taste am I leaving in someone's mouth when I try and minister to them? Amen. But then number two, the Holy Spirit empowers us by distributing spiritual gifts. Now, before we go into this scripture, I want you to make some notes. Remember, there are three sets of gifts. If we talk about the Trinity, there's the gifts in Romans 12 that talks about the redemptive gifts. If you want to make a note, Romans 12. 
Those are the gifts that are given to us by the Father. Those are gifts like leadership, mercy, um, I think prophecy. What else is in there? I wrote it down, but I took it out of my notes. You can go and read there. Those are the gifts that the Father gives to us when we are born. We are created. You're created with a certain uh, personality. There are certain things that you just naturally do well. Maybe you are a natural leader. Maybe you are natural mercy. You just want to help all the poor people and you'll give all your clothes and you'll feed everyone. And, you know, there are certain things that you are born with that you have a natural ability for. Those come from the Father. Then number two, there's the gifts to the church. Some scholars call it the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4. Those are the gifts that Jesus Christ gives to the church. It is the apostle, the teacher, the prophet, the pastor. Who am I leaving out? The evangelist. <laughs> no, the evangelist. Okay, those are the gifts that Jesus gives. But then there are the spiritual gifts. And this is the one that I want to chat to you just very briefly about in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 11. This is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them all. There, okay. There are different kinds of service, sorry, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, for serving the body of Christ. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, and to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, in other words, discernment, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another in the interpretation of tongues. But all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Who is He? Holy Spirit. So the spiritual gifts, Holy Spirit decides. In whatever situation you need a word of wisdom, He can release a word of wisdom to you. If you are standing at the hospital and the security guard needs prayer for healing, Holy Spirit can minister healing through you. If you need a prophetic word for someone in your life, the Holy Spirit can release a prophetic word through you. Does that make sense? So whenever you need that, the Lord, the Holy Spirit will release that to you. So the Holy Spirit's ministry includes empowering us with His gifts. It, he leads us. He directs us into the will of God for our lives. He brings conviction to the world, the Bible says. Before you got saved, who is the one that prompted your heart, that gently nudged you and pulled you into relationship with Jesus? Holy Spirit does that. He convicts us. He intercedes for us. He magnifies and glorifies Jesus. He reminds us of Jesus' teaching. He brings comfort and healing. Okay? He's called the Spirit of Wisdom. The spirit of counsel, might, knowledge, fear of the Lord. He gives revelation. 
He's also called the spirit of adoption because he's the one that confirms in our hearts that we really are children of God. He's the one that anoints us and that empowers us to live in victory and to conquer sin in our lives. This is something that we also talk through in Liberating Truths. Sometimes we want to conquer sin in our lives through our flesh. But it will never happen. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but only by my spirit, says the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is the one that even helps us to live in victory. And the Bible speaks of him as the cloud, the water, rivers of living water. Bible compares him with oil for anointing, with fire for purification, or for destroying things that shouldn't be in our life. And so now you're probably thinking, okay, that's great, but how do I actually get to that place with the Holy Spirit? As we bring this message this morning to a close, I just want to leave you with two thoughts. The first one is this. The Holy Spirit, when we get born again, and the team can just put on that final song as we just get to the end of our message. Remember I said earlier, there's the Holy Spirit inside of us, and there's, there's Holy Spirit upon us. Now, when you and I make a decision to make Lord Jesus our Lord and Savior of our life, the Bible says that that process, when we repent from our old life, and we turn and we follow Christ, we decide that we want to live for His kingdom. We decide we want to be a child of God. Then the Holy Spirit comes in us to seal us as children of God. Does that make sense? In other words, He comes inside of us to confirm that we are now a child of God, to confirm that we have come and we have been born again. Our spirit man has been born again into the kingdom of God. The scripture that I want to show you is Ephesians 1.13. Well, it can't show scripture. I'll just read it. And it says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, when? When we believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. In other words, the Holy Spirit gives us a mark of sonship. Everyone is so concerned about the mark of the beast right now. I want to ask you, do you know that you have got the mark of sonship on your life when you are a believer? The Bible says that the Father said, no one can snatch them out of my hand. So do not fear, church. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hand when you have been sealed, when you have been marked by the Holy Spirit as a child of the Most High God. And in the old days, a seal was used as a legal, what is the word that I'm looking for? A legal signature that would attest ownership of whatever we had sealed. Now that is the same way the Holy Spirit seals. And so if you are a born-again believer, then the Holy Spirit lives inside of you already. When you pray, He is there. He's ready to minister to you. He's ready to walk alongside you. He will never leave you. But then number two, Paul speaks about the continuous filling of the Holy Spirit. 
like the car that needs oil. It constantly needs a fresh outpouring of the oil in order for it to fulfill its function. And John the Baptist said, when he was baptizing people in water, he said that there is going to be one that's going to come after me whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. I baptize you in water, a baptism of repentance, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus is the one that baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And in that baptism, it's just a word that the Bible uses, but it means that Holy Spirit comes over me. He comes upon me to anoint me, to move through me, to minister to other people, to release the power of God to work in my life. And church, I'm going to take some time to pray this morning. I remember for me, when I... When someone prayed for me, they said to me, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I was like, what? I don't know what that means. That sounds like church lingo to me. But I want to say to you this morning, you can be a believer and never have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean you don't have Holy Spirit. It doesn't, it only means he hasn't come upon you to prepare you and anoint you for service. And I just want to pray this morning for two groups of people. If you want to close your eyes this morning. And I want you to really focus. Don't focus on any distractions, any sounds, anything. I want you to just focus on the Lord's presence this morning. Just want to focus on the Lord's presence this morning. If we can just maybe ask the team to just... Don't worry about the dishes for now. I want people to really focus. This is important. If you are sitting here this morning and you've actually never taken that first step of deciding that I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'm actually tired of living life on my own. But you are not sure whether you are actually in the kingdom, whether you've actually been born again. I want to always give, and we are always going to give people an opportunity to make that decision. And all it takes is to just say, yes, Jesus, I will repent from my old life and I will follow you. Because the Bible says that God has got a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants to walk alongside you. He wants to help you. He wants to minister to you. And so with everyone's heads just closed, eyes closed and heads bowed, I just want to pray. If there is anyone here, you've never ever given your heart to the Lord Jesus. You've never actually decided to become a Christian, living for Him, living in His kingdom. I want you to just gently raise your hand so I can pray for you. Because that is the first step. When you make that decision, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. The Bible says that we will then make our home within you. If there's anyone here this morning, I just want you to gently raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. And then I want to pray for a second group of people. And I want to pray for you this morning, number one. If you feel like your oil has run out, if you find yourself in a place where you are just 
running on fumes, running on empty. And you feel like you have no connection with the Holy Spirit. And you are in a place where you are just desperate for His supernatural help and His supernatural power in your life. I want you to stand this morning. I want you to be bold because there is often a supernatural release when we take a prophetic step like standing up. I want you to just stand this morning and I'm going to pray for myself. I'm already standing. If you need the Holy Spirit to come upon you afresh this morning, to anoint you, to fill you with His rivers of living water, to give you new oil, to open up your spiritual ears and eyes so you can see Him and you can move with Him. Then I want you to stand this morning and I'm just going to pray over us. And I want you to just gently raise your hands to heaven as a posture of receiving this morning. Father, I just want to thank you this morning for your church, Lord, for your sons and daughters in this room. Lord, I thank you that you loved us so much, Lord, that you died for us. Lord, and that you promised us that you will not leave us as orphans. But that you said, I will send them a helper. Lord, this morning we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we are your family. We are your children. And we are desperate for a fresh touch by your Spirit. So, Lord, right now I just want to ask, Father, that you release your Holy Spirit over this room on every individual, every son, every daughter. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Heilige Geest. Come raak elke ouwe aan. Krachtdorig in Jesus' name. Krachtdorig in Jesus' name. Meer, Heere. More of you, Lord. Receive His Spirit this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heere. Lord, I ask for the baptism of fire on your children this morning. Lord, anoint them today for their purpose, for their mission. Dank jy, Heere, release net die vier van die Heilige Geest in die plek, in Jesus' naam. Dank jy, Heere. Net meer, Heere. More, Lord. Just more of your presence. Fire of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Dank jy, Heere. Dank jy, Heere. Thank you, Lord, for gifts of healing. In Jesus' name. Thank you that you will anoint hands in this place. Thank you, Lord, for gifts of words of wisdom and knowledge. Lord, I pray over every business owner, Lord, that they will have supernatural strategies come out of them this week that they have never known or never have heard of before in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you are equipping teachers, Lord, with knowledge from above, knowledge from heaven, to equip our children, to raise them up as the next generation in this city and in this nation. Lord, I thank you for gifts of all kind in Jesus' name. Net meer, Heere. Meer, Heere, meer. Thank you, Lord, for the fullness of your spirit on all of your children. Lord, I pray over all of our children. Lord, just fall on them right now. Even as they are outside, just fall on them right now. Thank you, Lord. Elke harke, Heere, rig hulle op, Heere. Rig hulle op. We need you. 
Thank you, Lord, that you release dreams and visions over your children. Joel 2 said that the Lord in the last days will pour out His Spirit. And your young men will dream dreams and they will prophesy in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, Father, for the rivers of living water to flow through everyone in this place. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart this morning. Say, Lord, I receive your spirit by absolute faith. Anoint me for service. Help me to step out with a new boldness, with no fear and confidence. In your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Yara. Thank you, Yara. I feel like the Spirit is still moving on some people. If you're trusting the Lord for something specific, now is a good time to ask. The Father said, who asks for a a bread and I give him a rock. Ask the Lord what you are trusting him for. If you need wisdom, the Bible says we ask. Thank you, Heere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I mean. And church, as we close, you can take your seat or you can remain standing. You can do just what you want. But I just want to bless you with Ephesians 1 verse 17 to 20. And this is my last sentence. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So church, I pray that you will be blessed this morning. I pray that you are blessed when you walk out. And I pray that this week you will have a new awareness and a new sense of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. Talk to him any time of the day, any time of the night. He is there. And if you need prayer for anything else or anything specific, then Johannes and I will be here in front. Otherwise, we bless you with a cup of coffee as you leave. And um, I pray that you have an awesome week. Please pray for us. We are leaving on Wednesday to Saturday for the Caprivi. And we're just really trusting the Lord again to lead us, Holy Spirit. Um, we are looking forward to building a great relationship with our partners there. They actually want to become part of our Living Word affiliation. 
And so we really sense that God's really building strong partnership there. So please keep us in your prayers and we'll be praying for you.